Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Warm welcome to everybody out there. This is episode number 37 of the Energetic Education Podcast. Now, before I start, I would just like to say thank you very much for the continued support and the lovely emails that we've been receiving about from teachers all around the world saying how much they're enjoying the podcast and how much value they're getting out of it. It really gives us motivation to keep pushing, keep finding new guests and keep providing amazing content um, that we think is helping you out there. So thank you very much for that. Now, today's episode is a little bit different and and what I've called is stop giving it away. And why I've said this is because uh, when I first started creating resources and things like that, I used to give everything away. I thought it was the only way to get it out there. But what I was really doing, I was undervaluing my time and my resources. And not saying that not giving stuff away is the right answer, but there comes a time where you need to actually change that mindset and flip things around. So about three years ago, I contacted Jared Robinson, who goes by the name of The Teacherpreneur. And since then, Jared has been mentoring me. Now, um, what that's allowed me to do and his guidance is be able to set up some really cool businesses and really challenge me to do things that I may not have done. And for one of them was to start this podcast. Now, I was always really scared about that. I didn't want to do it. But through Jared's support, and not only that, listening and talking to other entrepreneurs out there, it's really given me the confidence to back myself in and do stuff. So um, today's episode, we catch up with Jared again, and we're really fortunate because Jared is just a world leader in everything he does. He's a, a PE geek, he runs Connected PE. Teacherpreneur, which is a relatively new project for him that you may not know about. And what it really might do is it might just spark everybody out there and give them an idea or really just go, right, I'm going to back myself in and start something new. So listen up to everything Jared says. And if you check out the show notes, it'll have where you can actually find out more information about all the amazing thing the Teacherpreneur is doing in Jared Robinson. Jared, thanks very much for joining me today. How are you, buddy? too bad man I've, I've been to the cinemas today and saw the new uh thor movie so i am like amped up and super keen to get into this so you've had a uh, very relaxing day by the sounds of things mate well that's what can be possible you know where i've we've um made it so that i can decide what i do when and where and um i obviously get the flexibility to go and join the cinemas when there's no screaming kids around <laughs> which makes it more enjoyable i'm sure it does now um for those listeners out there we've had jared on uh, episode number 13 where we talked about his journey as a pe geek and obviously what he's doing through connected pe but um why he's on today is through a project that i've had a lot to do with the last three years and that's a teacherpreneur now um jared's mentored me for the last three years and really helped me uh, not only create products and pretty cool resources, but just guide me along the journey with little tips and things. So, um, Jared, a little bit of a, we've already heard your background in teaching through episode 13, um, a little bit maybe about the concept and the background, how the teacherpreneur all came about. Yeah, awesome. So, like anything, when when you're you know, playing around and exploring different things, you either get questions around how you did it or why you did it or things like that. And um, I literally decided that creating the website, the Teacherpreneur, was probably a good opportunity to start to share some of the things that 
I was getting asked questions about. So things like, hey, Jared, how can you build an app? And I'm sure you've had that before too, Dale. And, um, you know, <laughs> how can week. you do X or how can you do this? And um, I pretty much decided it was probably about four and a half years ago now that what I would do is just start to document some of those things, whether it was just for a personal reflection, like, you know, just for me to read. Uh, or just to look at, you know, sharing it to a few people here and there that had the same questions. And, um, you know, many years later, we've got this whole library of blog posts and case studies and stories and that um, fit that realm of you are a teacher and you're looking to how you might be able to add in a side hustle to your day-to-day uh, life and, and sort of, you know, channeling that into the site that it is now, theteacherpreneur.com. And I'll, uh, I'll have that mentioned in the show notes as well. And um, I know we've spoken about this before as well, but as teachers, do you feel that the skills, the knowledge and the experience we have is a really good platform to set up for different ventures? Absolutely. You know, I just wrote this uh, a blog post about this on The Teacherpreneur. It's five reasons why teachers make the best entrepreneurs. And, you know, I, I honestly believe that, um, you know, they have many of the elements that make good business sort of sound, and that is that they um, come from this, this sort of place of passion and enthusiasm and excitement for what it is. And what they actually want to do is trying to impact people. And if you can get into that mindset, then it's not about how much you make or what you do. It's, it's, it's all about the impact you have. And if you have impact, then, of course, the business – things sort of, you know, lead themselves. So typically when I look at someone like yourself, you know, a teacherpreneur who's doing, you know, some cool things, you're passionate about fitness, correct? Like this is your ultimate hobby and passion and you can see that in all the stuff that you do. And and because you're starting in that place, it is actually a pretty good sound thing for you business-wise. So I think teachers have that unique sort of position. But, you know, what do they do every day? They communicate. Do you think you need to communicate to people in like the whole business world? I think that's crucial, mate. If you can't uh, hold a conversation or make connections, you, you're, not going exactly. to, you're not going to exceed anywhere in life. For sure. So obviously that's part of, you know, the role of teachers. And, you know, I, I also mentioned that, you know, teachers don't sell, they educate. And I would say that's the same about you. You've, you don't really need to sell. All you're doing is you're informing people and you're helping them um, on their journey. And there's all these different other skill sets that, um, sort of teachers have that are under leveraged in their day-to-day world and I would say product creation you know making things you know you sort of do that as part of your role but never really get the opportunity to maybe take that to the next level because um, you know people may be unaware that that next opportunity is there. Yeah and I suppose the, the big thing that you've just mentioned there is that you shouldn't be listening to this episode thinking, how can I make some money? What what for me and what for other people I've spoken to, it's all about finding something you're passionate about and then exploring that more. So um, for me personally, um, and I know when you've encouraged me to do things, I've created things that have been beneficial for me and my students, but then because they've been beneficial for me, they've also been beneficial for other stu- other teachers out there as well. And what's ended up happening, because I'm not trying to sell and push these products to people that it's more inclined for people to go, hey, this is really cool. Do you have any more like that? So um, do you think that's a really big sort of goal that too many people start off trying to make money? They should just be trying to create something they're proud about and passionate about? 
Yeah, you got to be passionate about it. You got to be enthusiastic about it. But um, at some point in time, the opportunity may arise where you're in a position to be able to charge for extra. And you know, the the thing that so many teachers make the mistake of, and it's a it's a mistake because, and I'll get to why in a moment. But the the thing they do is they don't switch over to that freemium model at some point where you know majority of stuff they do they give away for free, but something that they do they charge for. And, you know, they might typically sort of counter this by saying, you know, I want as many people as possible to get access to my free stuff. And I want to make it all free because I don't want to prevent people from accessing it. But that's such a flawed way to look at it because if you don't have any capacity to generate any funds, then you're resource scarce and you've got no ability to therefore impact people because you sort of can't take it to that next level. You still you know, manually handing out resources and you're manually doing things rather than having some sort of resources that you've paid for to take that to a wider message. So the reason why you've been so impactful, Dale, is because you've actually made that switch. You've moved to an opportunity where some of your stuff people buy. And because of that, you've now got capital that you can invest in making sure that more people see your free stuff. So you actually have greater impact. And I think that's, um, that's typically the biggest mistake I see um, people do. They, they either try and rush in and just make everything paid and that's a disaster as well or they just keep everything free um, and, you know, that's equally as bad. It's, uh, it's a really fine line what you just mentioned there because um, I remember myself starting out that I was creating these resources which I was really proud of but I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable charging people but then it, it something switches. What what would you recommend for people out there if they've got resource? Because let's face it, every teacher creates something. I bet you create something every day. How could you go about that one creation and if you're like, no, I want to share it, which is great, but you're not really valuing your time then, are you? Because your time is valued at nothing if you're giving it away. So for teachers out there that are giving everything away, which is great, but what would you recommend? What might be the first step to change that mentality and maybe start putting a bit of value on what they're creating? <laughs> it is a mentality. And, and most of the people that are doing that have a flawed understanding of why people buy things. People do not buy things because they like Dale Sidebottom and they think he should have um, $10 for his resource. They could care less about that. <laughs> not interested in it. The reason people buy things is because they think that that thing will give them value. I mean, you buy clothes because they keep you warm and, you know, protected and so on. You buy a house because it keeps you safe and, and so on. You buy food because it keeps you full. It's not because you feel sorry for the supermarket and you're like, oh, well, they need $10. It's it's irrelevant. So uh, the thing that people need to do is c- remove themselves from the equation and think, you know, if I can provide something that people look at and they think is valuable, then it's – they they have the opportunity to make that purchase and you're actually benefiting them if your product hopefully does that. Um, so too often people think that they can't sell and it's it's pretty selfish because realistically it's not about you. It's actually about the person who will have the choice to make that sale um, or you know buy that thing from you. Yeah, and I suppose that there's a lot of research done on free stuff and if you um, start giving everything away, like and I'm talking about myself a little bit, but I used to do that, um, people just start to expect that, like, oh, why aren't you giving this away? And I suppose the big thing I, and you made me realise this, that 
anything you get given for free, I would I'd look at it once. I wouldn't look at it much. Whereas if I've actually had to pay for something, it means I've wanted it. And I've got skin in the game. You've yes. got skin in the game. So. You know, I mean, this is great that people build stuff and they there's a there's a big culture of sharing and most stuff should be shared for free and be accessible. But um, if if it's a hundred percent of the of the pie what, that you're giving away, then realistically you don't care enough about people taking action on that thing, and you probably don't also care enough about the time and effort and energy that it takes to put into it. And I would challenge people and say you don't care enough about its impact that it has in the wider world because your ability to get that into the wider world is limited if you've got no resources to be able to promote it. So the best balance is a, is a bit of both, uh, mostly free with some paid on top. Yeah, and I think the biggest, the message is there that uh, we don't go to school each day and not get paid. You know, you're delivering something. It's exactly the same when you create <laughs> the a resource. Same. Exactly the same. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. And, and now on your website, and as I said, I will have it mentioned in the show notes, uh, Teachpreneur, um, there are so many amazing articles and case studies that you have done on different teachers out there. And um, I know you've got a huge amount of these at the moment. I, I was just wondering for um, listeners out there, a lot of people listen in the car when they're running, different things like that. Maybe if you go through just two or three different cases of teachers that are teacherpreneurs and different things that they've found a niche market for. Um, so listeners get a little bit of an idea and then they're probably like, wow, this is amazing. And then they can go to the website and, and read so many more on there. Well, I think the common path that a lot of people have that I've shared and deliberately because it's it's a very early on sort of uh, as you're getting started thinking about this stuff is the teachers pay teachers route where, um, you know, they register an account at teachers pay teachers and you get the ability to upload resources and set a price for those and, and people can buy them. And it's probably the simplest path for people to get started with. And there's a lot of people who have made that into this, you know, this project that is a great little side hustle for them. You know, they can generate some revenue that maybe they pay for a holiday with at the end of the year or just ease the pressure a bit. But the best part about it is that they get to share their work to a bigger audience because you're plugging into this audience that um, already exists. So if, if you look through the case studies, you know, we did one recently from a, a lady named Jen Regan, and she she's done the same thing. She's started to leverage Teachers Pay Teachers and made resources that she was already making anyway, Dale. You know, yeah. this is the thing where they are making stuff already. And, um, you know, she's put that up on a platform that already exists and, and, and found ways to, to make that quite, um, you know, impactful to her and to the people who find her. Um, so there's a lot of people in that boat. There's also some people that are completely different boats. You know, someone like um, Rocky Biasi, who I work with a lot, you know, he's he's got a, a workshop sort of style business and um, something that eventually got to the point where he had to leave the classroom. And, and because he cares deeply about the content, he had to make that decision and, you um, and, and now he's had more impact because of the fact that he's, you know, sort of stepped away from the face-to-face and, you know, works with thousands of teachers every year. So whether you, whether it's, you know, creating a few resources right at the start and making a couple of hundred dollars and just enjoying the process, and I think you'd agree the process is part of the fun because you get super motivated, don't you? Oh, mate, like I, I find that the most exciting thing ever, creating the resource when that's what I want to do. The, the thing that I don't like or I struggle with is 
getting the resources out there, marketing in it, and um, you know, uplearning into websites. I just want to create games. That's all I want to do. That's my passion. Absolutely. Um, but that's where, obviously, working with you, you've been able to help me out and say, right, Tail, you're great at doing that. But that's just that you're doing the you're doing the first part, but then you're not actually going through with it. Yeah. Well, whether it's the creation part, and you're interested in how it makes you feel in your class, and that for me, for me, years and years of in classroom teaching was benefited by the fact that I was making the occasional few dollars selling some resources online. You know, that was, it was, it transformed the way that I viewed the classroom. It became this completely different entity. Um, And I would say that there's a lot of opportunities for people just straight away to be able to leverage that with something like Teachers Pay Teachers or whether it's something more involved like, you know, creating workshops and running those and events and, um, and so on. Um, You know, there's a lot of opportunities and, you know, the typical path of a teacher is about seven years, isn't it? It's not long. You know, people tend to disappear out of the profession for a couple of reasons. And one of those might be that, you know, teachers don't tend to get paid enough. This is one way that you can sort of have a bit of that opportunity that you stay in the classroom and you can be generating a little bit on the side and having more impact. I want to stress that you have more impact when you start to charge, not less. And, you know, you, it might motivate you to stay in the profession even longer. Um, and I see that quite commonly as well and and i suppose the big word you've just mentioned there is impact so how i saw it was that i was lucky enough to teach 25 students you know really good students but then i was also feeling like oh wouldn't it be great if i could have more impact on teachers and students all over the world and i think once i got that through my head that my games were working really well for me that you know why should the students I teach be the only ones allowed to play these? So by actually selling these resources, creating these resources, it has opened up a whole new world for other teachers to use the games that I've done. I'm sure other people are out there with app ideas, books, resources, games, whatever they've got. All right? I think they're being selfish if they're not doing this. Do you, do you sort of think that to some degree? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the the best ideas should be liberated. They should be, you know, given away and, um, and I, I think the majority of stuff that you do should be sort of that free sort of, um, you know, opportunity. But the best stuff usually happens, um, you know, when you start to charge. Now, the, the way I think about it, and Taki more sort of got me onto this, was you inf- you inform for free and you transform with some sort of payment. So that's sort of the distinction. If you're informing, it should be pretty much free. But to transform people, that should be paid. And you're doing that with your work and you give away a lot of resources for free, but if you would really like to be transformed and see how to use those, then there's like a workshop component. Um, so yeah, I think you should give away a lot of stuff for free, definitely, uh, a lot of stuff paid and help the world as much as you possibly can because it is about impact. But it's this false mentality you think that you have more impact if you just hold on to it, or if you just make it free. Yeah. It's it has to be both. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and and I think that's a, a really smart way. I, I've never myself used Teachers Pay Teachers. I've used another site called Designed by Teachers, um, and that is just another platform very similar that you log on, you get an account, and you can sign up and you can start selling resources. So I think that's a really uh, sort of easy way to get started. Is there any other ways that you think teachers you know, might be able to see what they've got by creating a book or writing a book or a- anything like that, Jared? Absolutely. You know, I've got a little guide on my on my site, seven ways that teachers can make money online. And, you know, the leveraging many of the things that 
we already do. So you can hop on and you can tutor some kids in China via the internet, for example. Wow. You know, like literally they're interested in learning English or whatever it may be and you have the capacity to do that. So you hop on and you start to leverage your skills in that way. Um, and like, can you imagine how crazy that is? Like kids in China wanting to learn English, rich Chinese parents organizing times with people across the planet. And, you know, you can, um, you can make some revenue there, like something else like fiverr.com. Yep. We use that a lot, you and I, to, <laughs> to get things done. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of outsourcing. We could talk about that for days about why people could get more from their life if they just chose to let go of things. And Fiverr is a great example of that. But you could go on there and you could use your teaching skills to do different tasks. Like you could um, maybe if you're an English teacher, go on and put up a proofreading gig and people can and people can use that, like, you know, use your services there. Um, you could work as a virtual assistant. You know, that's someone who lives not in the real place of the person they're working for and they do it remotely via the internet. Uh, it could be any sort of trivial task that you have a skill set for. But you know, there's a million different ways, um, you know, selling lesson plans is the obvious sort of opportunity because you're already making them anyway and there's great examples of people who already do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of the skills that we already have that you can immediately just turn on. The difference is that you just choose to do it. And um, for me, it's not really a choice. It's it's because I know that there is more impact if you choose to do that. I agree. And for those people who haven't used Fiverr, that's five with a double R at the end. And basically, that's a website where you can go on and get anything Really, if you if you want someone holding a photo in the middle of Times Square with your name on it, somebody will do that. So I reckon, <laughs> they will. <laughs> I reckon if you've got a skill set, you could it could be anything. And you go on that website, and some things are really random, um, and you'd be able to make some money doing that. Oh, but... I bought someone recently, <laughs> and he had a hamster, and the <laughs> hamster would spell out your name with food, and then the hamster would come along. And eat the food, but they'd play it back in reverse and it looked like the hamster was like spelling your name out. <laughs> and this is what this person had done and gen- oh. like was able to generate thousands and thousands of dollars doing this. So, I mean, a teacher who has really functional skills can absolutely plug them into that system and start to get some benefit. Can I ask what you were getting a video of a hamster eating food doing? Uh, it, was to, it was a name reveal. So it's, it's, um, it was to sort of award a winner. And I did it by, yeah, but I've done another one. Like I've had a, a message written on a tennis ball and they throw the ball and the dog goes and gets it, comes back. The owner pulls the tennis ball out of the dog's mouth and it's got the message on it that you revealed. (laughs) So anything can be, but like we're in a position as teachers where we can actually make it probably a little bit more more interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because we can, we can, you know, we can do that. We can create stuff that has value. Yeah, and I and the why it's called Fiverr is everything's five dollars. So that's um, in, in the end though, you end up spending quite a lot of money because like, oh, it's only five dollars. I'll purchase something else, or I'll purchase this video, I'll purchase this song, or so forth. But uh, yeah, that's a really good idea as well. I'm sure if you've got some sort of hobby or passion, you could go on that website. Now, getting back to the Teachpreneur website, Jared, and um, I mentioned earlier that uh, you've mentored me for the last three years, which has been awesome. Um, but on your website, besides 
uh, doing case studies and you know different courses and the seven habits I think you just mentioned. What else can we expect from your website, theteacherpreneur.com? Um, and yeah, what other services do you offer for teachers out there? Well, if they're in the space that we've been talking about, where they you know they um, are looking to sell, or they're, maybe they're already selling. And they, they want some assistance around that. We do that. We have a coaching sort of service where every single week you get an email from me that has three questions in it. And those three questions you reply takes, you know, five minutes for people typically to do it. And, and those five questions help them um, unlock the opportunities that already exist in front of them or just help them have more impact. So, I mean, there's a lot that you can get done with answering these three questions. Dale, are we ready? Okay. Ready to sort of test you, it out? You're putting me on the spot. Okay. I am going to. Yeah. Like so this. This, is, this is literally what we do of the people that we assist um, in, the, in the teacherpreneur space. So the first question is, what did you do this week? And I mean that from an um, you know, entrepreneurial sort of teacherpreneurial sort of space. Yeah. What did you do this week? Uh, this week I have uh, created seven new games. Um, I have recorded three podcasts. I've been a guest on two I've run two workshops and I've booked in another two. So absolute hustle mode on, which is good. You've got to be doing that. But, you know, the second question is what are you going to do next week? Uh, next week, uh, I've got pretty similar, mate. So I'm already looking for 2018 for uh, new venues and new schools and countries to go and do workshops. And uh, I've got a bit of an update that I need to do on one of my subscription sites. So that's sort of taking main priority next week. And the final question, which I think you've almost alluded to at the end there, was what do you actually need help with? Well, the thing is I need help with, and we'll just actually mention this before, that um, since giving up teaching at the start of the year, um, I've been taking on every single project that I can think about. And um, instead of doing most of them really well or picking one and doing it really well, I seem to have... Um, all 10 fingers in different pies so for me uh, really trying to thin that out and by the end of the year just really focusing on the main things that I do really well yeah nice well that's that's the the format of the coaching program and you know that we're very lucky to be able to help people through that process every single week and there's something to be said about um, you know answering those three questions every single week and seeing how far they do progress you um, it's yeah, pretty insane. So that that's one service, and we are the the purpose of the site really at the moment is to structure out, and we are doing it. It's an exercise in process, but we are writing a book um, publicly in many ways. So the articles that you see on the on the on the blog, uh, the content that will eventually find its way into a book, and then obviously we'll connect it all together and make it into a book format. So that will be sort of a, a twenty eighteen end of the year plan and, and release so how many how many teachers do you think you'll have in your book in your case study book well what we plan to do is go through a bit about how sort of i evolved into that world and the background story but then we're going to switch into the different things that people can actually do to leverage and create an income and that'll include things like okay, what can you do if you want to make a course or speak or workshops or build software or tutor? And we're going to go through each of those different areas and, and then we're going to actually do a case study around someone who's leveraged that area and um, turn, it into, you know, turn it into a side hustle that's helped them have more impact. Um, so pretty excited to get that out. Yeah, cool. And I'll, I will leave a little note uh, 
in the show notes for the article you've done on me that uh, I was very impressed with. You've written it really well, mate, and uh, yeah, I was quite excited to be featured on it. Now, sort of wrapping things up here, mate, I just uh, I normally finish with some final words of wisdom. So uh, normally it's about teaching or it's about games or way to engage <laughs> students, but I want some final words of wisdom for teachers out there that because there's a lot of people that I call them gunners. All right, here you go, gunner. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All right. What's maybe some sort of wisdom to turn that gunner into? I'm going to do that. Well, you just have to take action. Like people have that that case of things need to be perfect, and they're too busy judging themselves against other people, and um, you you know they never get whatever happening because they're too busy thinking about what other people think. Um, I have, I mean, you're probably very similar. I could care less about what other people think in terms of it stopping me from releasing something. I never do ever at all. Um, so you just have to take action. That's all I ever did. And that's all I continue to do. And that's all you do. And, um, because of that, we get to have a lot of fun and we get to help people. I think, I think the big thing is too, that the only way you'll learn as a teacher is by actually creating something and actually releasing it. Um, too often we're like, it's not perfect. It will never be perfect. And I'm sure if you look at some of the things that we've both released over the years, like some of the apps I made were absolutely atrocious. And I know you released a musical CD or something like that. Like these sure are, did. These are ridiculous things, all right? But you only learn that by doing it. Do you reckon that's fair thing? Well, I mean, if you think about what we do every day, we do that with teachers, don't we? We do that with students, I should say. And, you know, we encourage learning and growth and um, them to take risks. But quite often the worst people in the room when it comes to taking risks are the ones that are advocating that students should be doing it. Um, can, can be big hypocrites at times. I, I think you will agree with that as well where, mm. you know, we're expecting these things from students but at the very same time we're sort of doing the opposite. Um, and, you know, I, I just think why not? You may as well um, have a go. I, I just think that failing idea is it doesn't scare me, it excites me and it sort of means that you're only closer to some sort of success down the track um, if you can you know, do more. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the big one. I think that's a big hurdle. If you can put everything aside and, and be ready to fail because that's the only way you'll learn, I think that's the best thing. Put yourself out there, have some confidence. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I can guarantee next time it'll work even better. Now, final question, Jared, before I let you get off, you might want to go watch another movie or do some <laughs> notes on Thor. Um, cryptocurrency, mate. You, do you like cryptocurrency and can you give our listeners any idea about this? Sure. I mean, I, I'm a massive fan and, and I think a lot of people may have heard the word Bitcoin or whatever uh, across the popular news stories and so on. And um, realistically, what people really should be aware of is that at this point in time, there are very smart people building the internet of the future. And it's it's not like you know, maybe this will happen. It is happening. People are doing it right now. And the services that they will use are being created just like they were, you know, when Google was sitting in some bedroom and being made. And it's we're at an opportunity now where people can take notice of that and learn from it and, and maybe have a bit of fun, like, investing in it. Um, but because I can tell you what will happen in about 10, 15 years' time, that opportunity will have passed and um, we'll just be using the things that were being built right now so uh, it's, it's a cool opportunity if you're interested to to dive in and see what cool people are doing around the planet with um building these cryptocurrencies and projects of the future 
I, I call it the uh, stock exchange of the future. And I suppose if you want a little flutter, um, I know you've uh, enticed me to get on there, mate, and I find it very enjoyable. So, Jared, um, I'll have all those notes from today's chat uh, on the show notes and through the Energetic Education website. Um, thank you very much for giving up your time today, buddy. Pleasure. As always, we'll speak soon. Cheers. See you, guys.